This is the last week of our uh, spring sowing series. The whole idea this year of, of our whole project was, was around the area of time. How are you generous with your time? Um, I think a lot of us, especially these days with the online giving, um, it's very easy to just sort of click some buttons and, and sort of the giving of, of, of our finances just happens without us really affecting us. And that's why we wanted to kind of take a tangent and, and really challenge you guys to, to give something that I guess we're not used to giving, and that's our time. Um, you know, what does it mean to be generous with your life? Uh, but let's get into today's passage, and it comes from Acts chapter 20, verse 32 to 35. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 to 35. Now I commit you to God, and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Tonight, I want to conclude this whole series with, with looking at this question, why is it better? Why is it better to give than receive? Why is it more blessed? Right, that's what the verse says. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? To give you a little bit of context about this passage, uh, the Apostle Paul um, is speaking to the church in Ephesus. Uh, one of the faith communities that he started, the, the news of Jesus has been going out into the area and, and the Apostle Paul has visited uh, this, this city called Ephesus and started a church there. And this is his final sermon. This is his final letter to them. And this is what's been recorded. What he's saying is this. He, he reminds them that, that what he was doing while he was with them was not a burden to them. Um, he was, he was self-sufficient. Uh, Paul tells us in verse 34 that he didn't open his hands out for a handout, but, but he worked hard to support himself and his companions. Now, the Apostle Paul, uh, as we know, was a tent maker. Now, what's a tent maker? Now, don't think too complex. It's someone that makes tents, okay? That's, that's literally what they do. Now, obviously, back in the day, you know, they're not building, you know, double brick you know, three-story houses, uh, a lot of the accommodation is built under tents. So literally, Paul was making tents, you know. There's a whole, whole um, science behind it. But he was very skilled, and, and he would build tents and receive an income from uh, making and, and building these tents for those that were around. Now, Paul didn't necessarily need to do this. And I think this is something that we really need to understand. Uh, Paul didn't need to work. Uh, he could have easily said, look, uh, you know, I'm doing the, God, I'm, I'm doing the work of God. And, and, and you are the church of God. And, and you should, you should support me. And Paul could have easily chosen uh, to make that decision. But Paul chose not to. 
And, and, and even though he had every right to demand the support of the local churches, Paul chose actually to work hard himself and not be a burden to them. And as we sort of think about this, this is actually Paul's way of, number one, supporting the local church, but also it's his way of being generous. It's his way of using his skills and talents and his time uh, so that other people didn't have to give up their finances. But Paul tells us why he chose to be generous. Verse 35, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul chose to give because he believed in what Jesus said, that it was more blessed to give than to receive. Now, let me ask you, if you have a choice, if you had a choice of giving and receiving, what would you choose? What would you choose? Like, you know, either you can give me something or you can receive something from me. You ask any kid, right? Kids can't lie, right? You ask them, hey, would you like to give me a lolly or would you like me to give you a lolly? 100%, they're going to say, I would like to receive, right? And we all kind of smile and go, yeah, that's cute. Now, as I said, kids can't lie, but adults lie. We're good at lying. The reality is, for, for most of us, if not for all of us, that is the truth of our hearts. We would rather receive than give. That's how the world works. That's what the world teaches us. That's what our culture throws at us through media. It's all about what you can get, not what you can give. Consumerism is defined as the social and economic order that encourages the acquisition of goods and services. Consumerism is this idea that the happiness level of your life is determined by how much you can get, how much you can consume, how much you can acquire. The more you have, the happier you will be. The more houses you have, the happier you will be. The, the more upgraded car you have, the happier you will be. The more expensive clothes you have, the happier you will be. That's why marketing and advertising is a multi-billion, trillion dollar industry in the world because it works on that premise, you want this because it will make you happy. That's what the underlying current of our world is. But when Jesus says that it's more blessed to give than to receive, it goes completely against that current. It's completely countercultural. But that's exactly what Jesus says. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, there are three reasons that I want to show you why it is better to give than to receive. First one is this. It reflects the character of of God. It reflects the character of God. In the first week of this series, we saw that generosity was not a natural human attribute. We didn't, we're not born generous. We're not. We're born actually the opposite. We're born selfish. You know, our kids, you know, are prime examples of this. They're just so selfish. They're so self-absorbed. We need to teach our children to share but we don't have to teach our children to be selfish because that's who we are. 
We can't be generous on our own. The only way we understand generosity is because we have somewhere down the line received generosity. And the origin of generosity comes from our God. We talked about the generous Father. The fact that you and I have life is because of the generous Father. The fact that we have clothes to wear is because of the generous Father. The fact that that, that we have a house and a roof to sleep under is at the end of the day because of a generous Father. If we can't grasp this concept, then you yourself will kid yourself in thinking that I have earned this, I am entitled to this, and I have created this for myself. But if you can't understand that you are a recipient of generosity, then you will struggle. You will struggle to be generous in your life. If you don't have the eyes to see when you receive generosity, then it's really hard to be able to practice it outside. Everything we have and everything we are is because of the generosity of our God. God gives to us on a daily basis. But the problem is we just don't see it. We, we, we just, it's just kids. They just don't see it. You know, when you have a few kids, right, you give one kid one lolly and, and they're all happy about it. And then you give another kid another lolly and you'd think they would just be happy about it. But determined on, but their level of happiness is determined on which lolly, who got what, how big size, what color, It's so funny. You give two kids lollies and one can be happy and one can be upset, you know, because they start comparing and whatnot. And you think to yourself as a parent, man, like, I didn't even need to give you this lolly. Just be grateful. But I think that's what God, I think that's God's heart for us. I think so many times we just don't see the generosity of God. We just think about what we don't have rather than what we do have. Isn't that the truth? But imagine if we, if we started to understand really what we did have. I think this has been a personal challenge of mine in the last maybe 12 months of even our church. You know, I, I, as, as, you know I'll, I'll confess there are times where church can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, people can be frustrating. You know, progress of the church can be frustrating. And sometimes I, I go to God too. You know, and I have the confidence to go to God and be okay to complain. And I hope that, you know, you have a personal relationship with Father God that allows you to do that too. And sometimes I go to God and I, God, you know, like, we're not really here. Or we don't have this. Or how come you don't send me, like, you know, these kind of people? Or, you know, how come you always kind of send me the special ones? (laughs) Try not to look at anyone because I'm not trying to incriminate any of you. They're not here today. I'm just saying. Let's just call it that, eh? <laughs> but what God started to do in my heart was, was instead of, instead of um, rebuking me, He actually started to show me what we did have. And, and, and I've really come to a place of humility where I'm so grateful of where we are as a church. I'm so grateful of this building. I'm so grateful of this time slot. I'm so grateful of everyone who comes through, who doesn't come through. I'm just grateful. And I just realized that, man, like, God, you're so generous. 
You're so generous. And you know what? The, the, the climax of God's generosity is found in John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like, God gave His one and only Son to the people that rejected and rebelled against Him. Now, I, I, you know, we, we could try to put this in any context, but, but there's no way. Like, we have all these new parents, right, in the last 18 months. There's no way any of these parents are going to give up their children for anything. You put a dollar amount, they're not going to do that. You put a good cause, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, World Vision needs to uh, feed 500 children. You give us your one child, we'll swap them with one of their children. You can feed. No parent's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that. You know, we wouldn't do that for good things. And yet God did that for evil things. This is not what God does. This is who God is. And this is something that we need to understand about generosity. It's not about the acts. It's about the heart. You know, when you meet really generous people, it's like they're always trying to find ways to be generous. Like, they're not, they're, they're not trying. They're not, like, they don't wake up and go, how can I be generous today? But in whatever situation, circumstance they're in, they're just trying to find ways that they can give. You know, I've been so blessed in my life to have met some of these amazing, generous people. And it's like every time you meet them, they ask questions like, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, you know, how can, how can I support you? Hey, you know, how, how, can I, how can I be of support to you? I didn't ask them. But it's just a generous. And that's the thing about the character of God. God is a generous father that is always wanting to bless his children. That's why it's better to give and to receive because it reflects the character of God. Secondly is this. It gets pretty pretty simple here. Jesus teaches it. Jesus teaches it. This is the words of the Lord Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, before we, we start thinking about our own opinions, now, if Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, And if he says it is better to give than to receive, then we need to not just hear what he says, but we need to hear who is saying this. Jesus doesn't say, hey, if you've got excess, give. If you feel like it, give. If you're in a good place, give. He just says it's more blessed to give. It's just more blessed to give. Now, We've got to understand, like, these aren't the words of some wise, you know, philosopher. You know, these, these aren't the words of some historical scholar. These aren't the words of some kind of spirituality. These are the words of Jesus Christ. These words have power, not because of the words, but because of who says the words. It's a direct quotation of our Lord Jesus Christ. For us to reject these words, for us to not believe these words, you're ultimately rejecting the person that said it. This is the truth from our Lord and our Savior. You know, it's funny, we take advice from all sorts of people. We hire accountants, we go to lawyers, you know. We, we, we will look up to these supposed experts in the fields and we will listen and we will 
We will plan our lives based on what they say. And yet, when we come down to the words of who we would call our Lord and Savior, we're very dismissive. We don't really take it to heart. It's like Jesus says, it's better to give than to receive. You're going to be more blessed. You're going to be happier when you're giving and when you're receiving. But your accountant says, well, you need to be financially savvy. And, and what's funny is the majority of us will listen to our accountant before we listen to Jesus. How does that work? It doesn't. See, it's not just the fact that it, 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 it's, it's what Jesus says. It, it's who Jesus is that says it. And that's what we need to take into account. That's why, that's why it's important. Direct quotation, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the second reason why, why it is better. Thirdly is this, Jesus modeled it. Now, once again, well, you have to take into account who Jesus is. If he's your Lord and Savior, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, meaning that he is your teacher, if he's the one that's leading you, then we must take into account the life that Jesus lived. Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Son of God. And instead of to choose to sit back and watch creation just pass by, when God sent him to this earth, he lived out a life that modeled this very quotation, his very words that it was better to give than to receive. His whole life on earth is defined in a sacrificial giving life. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus doesn't just say, hey, it's more blessed to give than to receive, but Jesus models it in his life to the point of the cross. You know, we live in an age where, where authenticity is so important. You know, uh, we live in an age where because of the information that we have, we can see through, we can see through these false comments. But one of the things that our generation really looks up to is not people that can just talk the talk, but it's people that can walk the walk, right? It's these authentic people, and, and it's not just, you know, about the people that, that get up and, 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 and say these amazing things. Actually, we're inspired and encouraged by those that live that out. Even in ministry, there, there's a big shift in that. Uh, even in these, these great pastors or great preachers of, of, of history, uh, what used to be considered a great preacher was someone that could come and teach, um, teach and, and preach the word boldly, proclaim it, uh, explain it clearly. But these days, if you were to do a survey and, and, and people say, well, what's, what's the one thing that you, you want to see in your preacher or your pastor? And it's not great sermons. It's someone that can live that sermon out in their life. That's a massive challenge for myself. And I wake up, you know, every sermon that I'm preaching, before I preach and I'm asking myself, hey, how does this apply to me? But that's the beauty of Jesus. He doesn't just preach. He doesn't just preach holiness and righteousness and, 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 and generosity, but he lived it. 
There are so many instances where he's healing people. He's feeding people. He's casting out demons, not because of his rights as God, but because he had compassion on the people. He wanted to be generous to the people. There's a scene where little children, parents are bringing their kids to be blessed by Jesus and all the disciples are like, hey, get the kids away from Jesus. Jesus doesn't have time for the kids. And and Jesus says, do not stop them. Let the kids come to me. Jesus was willing to be generous to the high and the low. He modeled generosity. We're the recipients of that. So it's not like we just go, oh, well, Jesus said to be generous, or we should be generous. No, Jesus modeled generosity, therefore we should. It is more blessed to give than receive. Friends, it's not a question whether it's better to give than receive. That's not the question. The, The question is whether... You believe what Jesus says is the truth. Jesus says it's better to give. It's more blessed to give than receive. That's what he says. He, the Son of God defines that for us. It's not a question of whether you think that that is right or wrong. It's a question of whether you think Jesus is right or wrong. Do you believe that when Jesus says this, that it is the truth? Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust him? That, it, that, that when he says that our lives would be better off actually when we give rather than receive. Do you trust Jesus? When Jesus says, you know, uh, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Like to, 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 to just rid yourself of your own desires and, and, and just give. Do you trust that? He'll take care of you. Do you trust Jesus with your time, your treasures, and your talents? Remember, these are the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. And I pray these words over your life this evening. Let's pray.